Hey everyone, this is Brian Wampler with another episode of the Chasing Tone Podcast, the podcast where we talk about guitars and amps and effects, as well as quite a bit of off-topic discussions, but they're fun. Joining me today again is Blake Wyland, who, in case you don't know by now, is himself the host of another guitar podcast called The Tone Mob. On that podcast, he talks to a bunch of different artists and creators and gear builders. On this podcast, we talk basically about everything guitar tone related and not guitar tone related. Today, we're discussing... 11 reasons not to be famous and exactly what that means and what we mean, what we mean by it. So let's jump into it. Okay. We're officially recording on ringer. So don't say anything that you wouldn't want your mom to hear. Cause she's listening right uh, now. My mom is. Yeah, I'm my, sure she is. My mom is listening. I don't think my mom is listening. You don't think your mom's listening to this podcast? <laughs> no, my mom doesn't even know that I have a podcast. Actually, my mom doesn't even know what a podcast is, let alone that I have one. <laughs> okay. Well, fair enough. I know my mom <laughs> does occasionally listen to this, even though she doesn't play guitar. But maybe that's because we don't talk about guitar. Maybe that's why. <laughs> well, apparently, did you, did you read... Uh, I sent you a text of a, um, a new review we had that I thought was... Pretty fantastic. Actually, now's a good time to read it. Oh, yes, from, I did read that. Go ahead. From, from Chris M. So I don't know who his last name is. It's not M, but it sounds like it starts with M. Anyways, he says, uh, love the show. Brian and Blake are one of the few banter-based shows I can listen to. I love their low-key dad joke attitudes. <laughs> and the old episodes are great, too. Tons of content. So um, I was, that actually surprised me because... I'm always really kind of self-conscious whenever we put out 90% of our shows not really staying on topic. <laughs> not, yeah. not a guitar topic at all. It's kind of more of a, um, you know, a, a loose banter back and forth and kind of touching up on guitar stuff every now and then, I suppose. I have a little bit of insight into that review, actually, and it's not because I left it. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> I was going to say, but... yeah, that's, uh, that's my profile, Chris. Yeah, I was. Uh, I, I think I talked about it on this uh, this uh, podcast before. But Chris M is Chris Millet, and he was on my podcast a while ago. Um, he's a music therapist, and he started the Make More Music podcast, which he oh, also, for yes. some reason, interviewed me on. But that has to be who that is. And the only reason I know that, and I, it could be wrong. I could be wrong about that. This could be a different Chris M, but. He texted me a very similar review of Chasing Tone, like, I don't know, two weeks ago. He was just like, man, you're, you guys are only one of the only banter-based shows that I can listen to. So I'm assuming it's the same Chris M? Maybe? Probably? That's pretty nice. That's nice. I, I, it surprises me. I, I, didn't, uh, I didn't know that there were folks out there that liked our banter, our, our off-topic discussions. I mean, not that I would change anything, because it's just who I am, but... Um, Anyways, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Thank you, Chris. Eventually, we'll talk about Telecasters again, since I'm looking yeah, at one right now while we at some record. Point. Yeah. At some point. The, th the thing that really sucks about doing these types of, of podcasts is there, there actually are things going on that I can't talk about. Like right now, I'm looking at a bunch of... I, I can't even really talk. I'm looking at a bunch of interesting things that have something to do with us in an interesting way. And I know that's vague, but that's about as far as I could. That's, a, that's all I could say. 
<laughs> so, I, I understand. <laughs> I'm in the same boat because as I have stuff going on, I, I just did a demo that I can't talk about yet. So like it's like well, those things like we're constantly working on this stuff and doing this stuff. But it's like a lot of it is pre-release things. And right. Uh, it's like there know, are things going on. We just can't necessarily talk about it, which leads us to a podcast where we say, I don't see any drama going on today uh, or this week, really. Looks like Chappers is in the clear. And that's it. That, he was the last big drama I remember. So. <laughs> So I I do have some non-drama based guitar stuff to talk about, though, Uh, at least one thing real quick. And I've talked about it on my podcast quite extensively lately, but I recently interviewed Tepe Taranishi from my favorite band Thrice, which I've talked about a million times. But I recently interviewed him and it was awesome. And we talked about a guitar that he used to own that was stolen about 10 years ago or so it's a black Les Paul custom and right now we're doing a giveaway of a uh, Fender the Trapper fuzz pedal to try to help track this thing down I know it's like the longest shot in the world but like if we could get if if somehow the internet was able to come together and you know recover one of my favorite guitarists favorite guitar that would be pretty amazing so we're we're kind of giving it the old college try here uh, it's a uh, it's a black Les Paul custom it was stolen in Orange County and if you happen to own a black Les Paul custom if you could check the serial number on it <laughs> 824-85530 is the serial number that belongs to Tepe and he would really really like to get it back so Anyway, what we're doing is if you go to my Instagram, which is at the tone mob, you'll see a post where I made that says hashtag find Tepe's Les Paul on it. You'd share that post with the serial number. And then in about a week from the when we record this. So on February 17th, the contest will be over. I'm going to scroll through all of those posts and randomly select somebody to win this Fender the Trapper Fuzz. So that's something guitar-related that's going on right now. So I know we, we, we may not find it and probably won't find it, but we're trying. So that's, that's what's going on in my world right now that I can talk about publicly. That's fantastic. So that's the, that's the black Telecaster, I suppose? I'm looking at your Instagram right now. No, Telecaster. that's not it. You... Les Paul. Les Paul. Oh, sorry. Right. Sorry. I, um, I went to your Instagram while you were chatting. And uh, I don't see a black Les Paul. It's him playing a, a black Les Paul. Uh, it's kind of a blurry shot, but there's a big there's a big hashtag find Tepe's Les Paul on the uh, shot. He's like rocking oh. out in the picture. Oh, I see it. Yes, 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 yes. It's not the greatest shot. Right. There aren't a ton of great angles to where like we can get some real solid identifying marks. There's no uh, there's no pit guard on it. And it was chrome hardware, not gold. But that is about as specific as as we can get because all those shots are from 2000, you know, the early 2000 or mid mid aughts and cameras were just not that good back then. <laughs> so it's kind of hard to see the details. But the mid, <laughs> what are you talking about? I used to have a disposable Kodak that, you know, you it was it was a digital camera. So what you would do is you take pictures and then take it in somewhere and then they would put those on a file for you and then you'd take the file back like a cd 
and then you take the mm-hmm. CD back to your house and load the CD into the CD reader, and then you would be able to see information like pictures. Back but in apparently the day that's when not people a thing. had CDs, yeah. <laughs> it's not a, not a thing anymore. Really strange how all that happened. And it actually wasn't that long ago. Like, oh, dude, lo- it was, yeah, it I was mean, like think, a handful of years ago, but it's like forever. It's like almost infinity in internet years. <laughs> it was, it, it was basically at the beginning of, of time, basically. <laughs> well, think of how long VHS tapes were like the dominant form of video media, like that people used in their homes forever compared to like, how that we're just those are just ancient pieces of garbage now to most people. It's crazy. Pretty much, yeah. I remember there, were, and I may be getting this totally screwed up, but I, at some point, didn't people used to record on VHS tapes, like to an ADAT player or something like that? Uh, I don't remember how all that worked. I had back in probably two thousand. Uh, I don't know three. I had a big Yamaha digital like recording console that was super complicated and difficult to use. And I, I think it was on ADAT. I can't remember. My brain is not working very well today. So memory's a little fuzzy to say the, say the least. <laughs> that happens when you get old. It's all right. I am starting to get old. Been doing this podcast so long. I now suddenly feel old. It's weird. <laughs> so much for being a temporary co-host, right? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm well, still waiting else? to make it to you know to to be able to monetize this mug, you know. That's well, yeah, you would mug. think at, at this point. I want to run. Like, com- I want to run commercials like you've been running. You've been doing some fantastic commercials on the Tone Mob. Oh, geez, those those things. <laughs> I gotta I'm sure do that's em. what you want to talk about. <laughs> I gotta do them, but like sometimes things slip through the cracks and that I do not intend, and that is a. Uh, <laughs> Not not entirely within my control, unfortunately. So we'll just leave we'll just leave it at that. I'm sure everyone yeah, knows what I'm talking <laughs> about if they listen to my show in the last week. Oh, geez. Well, who wouldn't and, want political uh, commercials on 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 a podcast about Guitar Gear? You know, I mean, it's totally relevant. I mean, I, right. What a lot of people don't understand is that the ads that run on my show, if they're not spoken by me, then they're very much like a YouTube ad. Like, there's not. There's not a ton of control. I mean, I have excluded like certain categories, but apparently some things fall into categories with that that don't make <laughs> any would, sense. You wouldn't think it would, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And so, so yeah, I get political ads. I get. I'm um, just like, no, 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 no. That is, I the absolute last thing I want on my show. Zero of that. The people get that fed. <laughs> through their Facebook feeds enough. And I don't want to be a conduit for it. Like that's just not what I'm about, but I anyway. So I got something that's, uh, we've talked about this before, but it was a fantastic article, uh, by Tim Ferriss. If you don't know who Tim Ferriss is, he, he, I think he pretty much got made famous by the four four hour work week book, like 2007 or eight, somewhere near there. Yeah. Something like that. Um, he wrote a blog piece called 11 reasons not to become famous. And it is, man, it's, it's so eye opening, especially in a, in a day and age where there's now a lot of people my age trying to become quote unquote, TikTok famous. Like there's this fascination with 
gaining notoriety and fame, whether it's on Instagram or really not Facebook so much, but kind of maybe a little bit, but definitely on TikTok, you know? And that's, by the way, that's a terrible name for an app. If, if you're a kid, that's an okay name, but for adults, like Snapchat felt a little weird. TikTok feels even more weird. Yeah, I mean, mm. at least Snapchat describes what it is. TikTok is just, it just, I mean, it's an, it's a good, like, it's a nice thing to say. It rolls off the tongue, but it also doesn't, just doesn't make a lot of sense for considering what the yeah. app is, but whatever. Yeah. I I know when the app first came out, my first thought was why, why are, uh, why, why'd they come out with an app after the Kesha song? That's, you know? that was my thought too. <laughs> Maybe yeah. we're old. <laughs> Maybe so. <laughs> In case those don't know uh, out there, uh, Kesha is a pop artist who did a song called, I think it was TikTok. called TikTok. Yeah. What? It really had nothing to do with the app. But I anyways. Thought it was like a Kesha app. That was my first thought when I heard it. I was like, this is a Kesha. Kesha's got a new app? What's this about? No, right. some, Why is it some Chinese company. Yeah, ByteDance, I think, is the Chinese company. And by the way, well, never mind. I can't give stock information, but I, uh, I myself am interested about their going public. But that's a whole different conversation for another time. Um, all right. So, anyways, eleven reasons not to become famous, and and you said you'd talk to someone about this as well. May, perhaps, maybe I should kind of uh, read the parts that apply to guitar players. Maybe I, th I think that's a a solid a solid thing. Let's go through some of that stuff. I have not read it yet. I've heard that it's. I've heard that it's awesome and like very eye-opening and uh, I, I would be curious to hear what Tim's thought on it, thoughts on it are because he's definitely in the famous category. Not the most famous person ever, but he's definitely what I would consider to be famous. Right. He's, he's not a, well, you know, he's not, he's not Brad Paisley, you know, he's not that right. level or anything like that or Luke Bryan or, um, you know, anyway, George anyway so or whatever George yeah. Clooney, yeah, Kesha, not Kesha. Um, all right, so I'm gonna a few of these I want to paraphrase a little bit because it goes off in the weeds a few times. But anyways, all right, he said um, basically he he was absolutely hell bent on being famous by the time he was thirty, I think. And he said that luck would have it, I got to test the, this hypothesis. Uh, his first book was published in 2007. It hit the New York Times bestseller list where it stayed for a long period of time and basically it went crazy and he got fame. He was 29. He was engulfed in a hellstorm of great and terrible things and he was completely unprepared for it. Um, so here, there's good and bad. So let me, I'm, I'm just going to go down his list as he puts it. So these aren't in like, important not you know less important even less important in no sort of order he says let me start with a real life example from 2010 i vividly remember the day uh and if you have young kids in the car you may want to forward like about two minutes i vividly re remember the day i received an email from someone we'll call james james was a frequent commenter on my blog and we'd become friendly over time he was a great guy and a huge help to other readers i'd given him advice he'd built successful businesses and we developed a nice rapport uh, one day in 2010, I received an email from James' longtime assistant, and it said, James learned so much from you. He instructed me to give you this video. He so Tim clicked on the attachment. James popped up. 
He was agitated, clenching his jaw, making weird faces, and speaking uh, strangely. Thank me, he thanked me for all the help over the years and explained, this is Tim saying this, he thanked me for all the help over the years and explained that it had, to, had helped him through some very dark times. He finished by saying that he was sorry, but he had to end things. That's when he turned off the video and killed himself. Oh, whoa. Whoa. Yeah. He said that. Oh, I did not see said, that coming. That is rough. Yeah. Yeah. He said this experience completely effed me up for a long period of time. Um, yeah, uh, understandably said, so. Right. He said, suffice to say, I didn't realize that this type of thing was just part of the fame seeking bargain. Whew, wow. So, yeah. So that's part of it. Um, well, there's a good reason. I mean, and, and yeah, he does say, uh, uh, he says, uh, I say seeking fame deliberately because, let's be honest, I'm not really famous. Beyonce and Brad Pitt are truly famous. They cannot walk around anywhere in public in the world. I'm just simply a micro public figure with a monthly audience in the millions or tens of millions. But there are legions of people on Instagram alone with audiences of this size. New platforms offer speed. Some previously unknowns on TikTok, for example, have attracted millions of followers in a matter of weeks. Yeah. That's intense. Oh, wow. Really? I didn't yeah. realize we were going that crazy yeah. over It's wow. going crazy. TikTok is going crazy. Again, don't like the name, but as a platform, it's literally my favorite platform right now. Once I got through, once my feed changed to things that I was interested in, I absolutely love it. Uh, anyways, he says this post will explore a lot of things. Of uh, cheap among them, will if you win the is answering the question. If you win the popularity game, what might you expect? Uh, he says my hope is that this post will better will help people better understand the wall their ladder is leaning against before they spend years climbing towards the top. Or if you're in a TikTok like acceleration, before you let the genie out of the bottle without thinking it through. Uh, okay, so yeah, that can't be put back away at all. Like, mm, yeah, that's pretty hard once you're famous to become unfamous, you know. Mm -hmm. So he talks about some of the great things that's happened. He's met, you know, some wonderful friends. He's been able to invest in a lot of things that most people wouldn't even know about. He's been able to help different causes and organizations that that you know make a big dent in the world. Um. And then the fringe benefits, so like getting tables at a busy restaurant, getting free samples of things. This particularly applies to the quote-unquote influencers. So, for example, so in case you don't know already, I'm sure you've watched YouTube and think, this guy or girl has a ton of gear. How are they possibly getting it all? It's because they are getting li literally gear shipped to them all the time in hopes that people will use it. That's how it works in every industry as far as I know. At least on YouTube. Like, that's just the way it works. You get free stuff, yeah. the more popular you get. The more I you mean, don't yeah. need it, the more you get. Yeah, exactly. That, that's a good way to put it. The less you need it, the more it gets shipped to you. And that is definitely true. Right. So ask, then he... You um, can ask any of them. Any of, any of our YouTuber <laughs> friends. They will tell you, like, I don't need any more. But it keeps coming. Keeps, keeps coming. Yes. Which is so he's a talking good about, problem to have. I'm not saying I'm, they're not complaining about it. It's right. They just most of the guys that we know are pretty self-aware individuals and recognize how lucky they are to be in that position. So that I was I probably made them sound bad there with what I said, but that's not what I mean. They're, yeah, yeah, that's they're that's great. Right. But I mean, and the 
the downside is generally they can't really, they're not really supposed to sell it. They're not supposed to really give it away unless they've been given permission. They just kind of have all this stuff, you know, and they, and there's some guilt there. Like I'm not even using this guitar or amp, whatever, but it's just collecting dust. What do I do with it? You know? But yeah, yeah, it was like given to me. Like, and it feels weird to, it feels weird to sell it. Like, yeah, yeah. it, it just, yeah, I understand. So then he goes on to talking about using fame as a lever. He says it can be tricky. He says, first off, what type of fame do you want? What, do, you know, what, what does success look like? Um, how confident are you that you can convert that exposure to income? That's a great question. Being famed, famous does not mean that you're going to have money. Um, and then he says, do you have a plan for becoming unfamous if you don't like being famous? Um, oh, that's what we talks just talked about. about. Like, that's hard. Yeah. That seems like yeah. a challenge to like, make yeah. people forget about you. Mm-hmm. Very true. Wow. Says, During his, co- his college years, one of his dorm mates' dads was a famous Hollywood producer. And that producer said to him, you want everyone to know your name, but no one to know your face. And then a quote from Bill Murray. Bill, and this is, this is fantastic. Bill Murray says, I always want to say to people who want to be rich and famous, try being rich first. See if that doesn't cover most of it. There's, there's, not much, there's not much downside to being rich other than paying taxes and having your relatives ask you for money. But when you become famous, you end up with a 24-hour job. The only, good thing I've, the only good thing about fame is that I... Let me say this again. The only good thing about fame is that I've gotten out of a couple speeding tickets. I've gotten into a restaurant when I didn't have a suit and tie on, and that's really about it. So, uh, and yeah, that's, that's an interesting way to look at it. You know, Bill's um, one of my favorites too. Like everyone loves Bill Murray. I think we've talked about that on this podcast before. Actually. Right. Right. So, <laughs> okay. Another email received in July of 2007. Um, you're the sport that Tim was talking about shows that you are a hypocrite to profess helping others with your book. You're showing a grave example of the white horseman to our children. Shame on you. Shame on you. Shame. And wickedness, it is the most evil war on earth. The one for blood spectacle for those who would entertain by, uh, what's the most polite way to put this? Um, promoting violence to those who seek and lust to watch inhumanity. You are an evil one who has gained the world and lost your soul. He said, what did I do or say to cause this? Was it in response to an article on clubbing baby seals? Nope. It was a response to a blog post highlighting the nonprofit DonorsChoose.org. Oh. The goal? <laughs> to raise money for underfunded. The, the, the goal was to raise money for underfunded public school classrooms. So, it, so like, he basically, this is the hate stuff. You just, it just comes in. It just happens. So, uh, <laughs> the guy I was talking to about this, I, I don't know if this was highlighted in the article or not. Maybe it was. Maybe maybe I'm jumping the jumping the gun here. But he he put it in a really good way, and also a really kind of scary way, if you think about it. Uh, maybe maybe Tim highlighted this. I'm not sure, but he, he said if you think about it, say he's at he's say you got two hundred thousand people going to your blog or your your uh, YouTube channel or whatever. Like that's two hundred thousand in internet terms is a ton, but it's not like world record breaking you know it's not like right. millions it's a lot it's a substantial amount but it's not it's not beyond the realm of possibility um when he, he put it, it was like the population of rhode island is like less than that and there are approximately however many murders in rhode island like every year 
So like the odds that one of your one or two or ten of your followers is a murderer or a crazy psychopath gets exponentially higher the more your reach expands. And I'm like, oh, that is terrifying to think about. Like oh, that's it's so funny you bring it up because that's coming up. <laughs> okay, okay, that is in the that is in the blog post. Like wasn't yeah. sure. Oh yes. Yeah, so I'm I'm skipping ahead a, a little bit here, but basically he he talked to uh, another career blogger and she said, "Welcome to the party. I get an average of one death threat and one sex request per week." Oof. <sighs> so he said, "This brings me to the topic of audience size and the metaphor of the tribe, the village, and the city." He said, "Think back to your fifth grade class. In my case, there were twenty, thirty kids. Was there anyone totally off the rails? For most of you, there's a decent chance kids seem pretty same sane." It's a, it's a small sample size. Now think back to your freshman year in high school. There's probably a couple hundred kids. Anyone volatile or unbalanced? He said, I could think of a few handful that were prone to, uh, a few handful that were prone to violence and made me uneasy. There were some fights. Some kids brought knives to school. There was even a kid that was rumored to enjoy torturing animals. Ooh. He said, keep this in mind. The high school is the same town as my elementary school. What changed? The sample size was larger. He said, forward uh, three months after the first publication of his first book, in that short span of time, uh, let's see what happened. He starts going into some stats here. Okay, so he's talking about murder rates, and he says for, basically the whole gist of this part is what you just said. When you have an audience of an amount of people, if 100,000, 200,000, 50,000, 10,000, whatever it is, there's going to be some crazy people in, in the audience. Like, it's just going to happen. You don't necessarily have to do anything to them for them to want to cause harm to you. <laughs> yeah, or for you to trigger them in some way. I mean, you and I have talked on the podcast a little bit about this, but like off the air, we're not Tim Ferriss. Like, right. we, are, we are like very, very small speck in this kind of spectrum of things that we're talking about. And even you and I have a, have come across weird, unhinged messages that just don't make any sense. You probably more in the form of YouTube comments. I've gotten some weird emails, and it's just like, what, what, like what? It's like it's hard to describe. <laughs> You're just like, what kind of? And my my literal thought when I've received some of these has been, what sane person would do this? And then it's like, oh, well, maybe that's not what we're dealing with here is a sane person. You're probably yep. not. Yeah. Um, he talks about stalkers. He uh, goes on to talk about um, one person that showed up at his house and had basically was insistent that they were best friends and that they were going to hang out together one way or another. You know? Had to call the police on that person, of course. Um, death threats. He's gotten a ton of death threats. I mean, it's just... Uh, harassment of family members and loved ones. So that happens. Uh, dating woes. Uh, basically, he, he's, I don't think he's married in a bit. He was talking about um, when, when you're trying to date someone, you never know like if they really like you or if they just want money from you or they're going to plan to you know, use your fame to boost their fame. Like It's, it's never a, leg, a legitimate, very, very, well, not very often a legitimate thing, you know? And that's that's one of the parts of being famous that you have to deal with. Extortion attempts, uh, desperation me messages and pleas for help. He talks about how people would say, um, you're my last hope. If you can't help me with X, I'm going to kill myself. 
And he's like, how do you, like, how do you, how do you deal with that? You can't help everybody. He said, I used to try, but I, it's impossible now. The numbers are too large. It's just impossible. Um, you know, it talks about kidnapping, impersonation, identity, identity theft, um, you know, and then, and then attack and clickbait media that, you know, that's the, you, know, you see that everywhere, you know, yeah, the fake with everything, just, just, that's just the way it is. So I, I guess, I mean, at this point you kind of see where I'm going. Like it's all these things that, that come along with the fame. Um, so at the end he says, I've, if I've learned anything, it's this fame will not fix your problems. All it does is magnify your insecurities and exaggerate all your fears. It's like picking up a fire extinguisher for your pain that ends up being a canister of gasoline. Wow. Yep. So, this is, uh, and then he, this is intense. And, it's more intense than I, I anticipated this was going to be, to be honest. It's a fantastic, fantastic article. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if you have a chance, definitely look it up. It's Reasons Not to Become Famous by Tim Ferriss. And then I'll close it with this. Uh, he says, after all, Jim Carrey has said, I think everybody should get rich and famous and do everything they've ever dreamed of just so they can see that it's not the answer. It's just true. Wow. You know, I mean, it's like, I was having a conversation with, I don't even, I think it was, I was on a podcast recently and we're, and they, it was a music store podcast and we were talking about, um, you know, that basically getting to do what you want to do every day The from their side, they work in a music store. Right. And my job is not too dissimilar from that because I'm around guitar gear all the time and I'm always talking to people about guitar gear, but I mean, at some point it does start to become a little more of a job and less of a hobby. You know, there, there's a point where you, you want to you want to turn it off. You you're you've talked about guitar gear. You've looked at guitar pedals all day long. You've like you've you've talked about guitar. You're you're done with it for the day. You you need a different outlet. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know my and my uh, my analogy was I bet the person that tastes cookie dough gets it, like when they go home the last thing they want to do is eat cookies <laughs> or, or cookie right. dough. You know, even though that sounds like a fantastic job to me, um, I don't think that's really, uh, that's what they're looking for. No, I mean, I, I can definitely relate to that because I, you know, you know my story. I've forced my way into this industry just because I was obsessed with all this gear stuff. And I still love all of it. I still get excited and fired up by it. But I do, like, for for my enjoyment where I used to, look at gear stuff like YouTube videos and research and stuff. I used to do that for fun. Now I do that for work. And I, when I listen to podcasts, I like to listen to ones that have nothing to do with that now, which sounds <laughs> weird as a guitar podcaster, but it's like, man, I spend, I spend nine, 10, 12, 14 hours a day working on this stuff. And I love every second of it, but it, it is something that's like, okay, I've, I've scratched that itch now that itch is that it's just thoroughly and deeply scratched. And now I can move on to reading a horror comic. And I'm sure if I right. got into like writing horror comics, I would want to, you know, watch romance films or something like it's just, <laughs> it would be the same it, thing. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you're doing. It, 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 you, and it, I'm not complaining at all. Like I'm very thankful to be able to do what I do. It's just that, that, yeah, I, I like I said, I've scratched that itch. I scratch it every day, and I still have the itch. Like when I go on vacation and I don't have a guitar, I'm very excited to come back and do work, like because it's gonna right. be guitar stuff. Like I'm like, oh, you actually yes, miss it's it. gonna be awesome. Yeah. yeah, I do. Yeah, it's 
it's it's weird. It's it's hard to describe, but um, yeah, it's like from my perspective, I um, <laughs> the, like the, I filled a lot of questions as far as you know, what's your favorite pedal and like all that kind of thing. What kind of you know, what band are you playing with and stuff. And I think a lot of people are surprised to know that I, I mean, yes, I play guitar almost every day, but I'm not really, I'm not really playing guitar. I'm hitting a few chords or something. It's more like a tool, right? I'm just, I'm hitting a few chords and seeing what happens when I turn this knob or when I put this other circuit in front of it. Like that's a little differently than playing music with people that you enjoy being around or, or even like writing a song. Like it's a whole complete different thing. Um, and so whenever I'm doing one, whenever I'm designing stuff, I don't always crave to play the actual music because I, I'm always have a guitar in my hand. So for me, like, it's actually really helpful to take a break. Like, and that's why I kind of, I do things in spurts Well, I'll do a lot of product design for a period of time and then I'll kind of move to something else until another period of time that I can do product design. And during that period, uh, that little break, I, I then start craving to play again. So, and that's, that's the way I've kind of learned how to deal with that. It's just, I have, to, I have to put some space in there so I miss it, you know? And so I miss being around it. And as weird yeah. as that sounds. And it, well, and it definitely comes, it, it comes back pretty quickly. I mean, like, you oh, know, yeah. like, it's not like it takes six months. It's not like, oh, I gotta take six months off from guitar. Like, I would get antsy because like I still I still unwind with guitar. I, I still like use it to relax and explore things. But on the day to day, you're right. It's almost like I view it differently than when, it's like I got to go into a different mode with it and get right. into a different headspace to to get back to like writing and creating and stuff. It's it's very it's very hard to describe. Um, it is until, until you're in that situation. Yeah. It's really hard to describe. So, you know, and I mean, this is kind of what we talked about last time that we brought this subject up. There's a lot of musicians who play for a living that kind of feel sort of the same way. Like (laughs) they, they love what they do. They're very grateful for what they do. But sometimes when you go to meet them or when you actually develop a relationship with them, the last thing they want to talk about is the music they play. Like they like, you know, they'll talk about sports or politics, whatever, anything else, but the music, because that they just do that all the time. (laughs) So it's, it's just an interesting thing. It really is. Yeah. I, it's, I think, and I think that can happen with, with literally anything. It it doesn't matter what you're doing. Um, it just, you, you can, you just get to a saturation point and it, I mean, I, I can't think of any, any sort of hobby or, or pastime or enjoyable activity that that wouldn't be the case for. Right. I Snowboarding, think horseback about this. riding, yeah. everything. It doesn't matter. Right. I think, I know when we talked about this last time, I, I said, um, imagine playing the same 10 songs every day. Like just try, try it for a month. Play the same 10 songs every day. Don't deviate it. You know, play one through 10 exactly the, the, you know, the exact order every day for a month and see how you feel about those songs at the end of the month. Now try doing that for 20 years. (laughs) Oh man. Oh man. That is, that is very good because I, I don't like, I don't, 
I, I mean, I might play repetitively because I'm me and that's just how I play, but like mentally I'm not like rehearsing the same things over and over again. I'm always just like noodling around and trying different things and trying different chord shapes. And I, I yeah, barely even fun with it. Songs. Yeah. I'm having a good time. Yeah. Like I barely even play songs. If I had to just sit down and do what you said, yeah, I'd probably be a better guitar player, but I guessing my enjoyment <laughs> level would be significantly reduced. Right. Which is why a lot of artists who have had hits in the past, I'm not speaking for everyone, but there are some they would much rather play their newer stuff they just released rather than their hit from 1994 or whatever. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. That's, I mean, and plus, they're a completely different person than they were back then. Completely. And um, I, I think about that a lot, about people who write songs, because that's kind of, that's a, that's a snapshot of what they're going through a lot of times, unless, you know, you're a paid songwriter and you're writing pop songs, obviously. But, you know, for most bands... Like that's something that you're going through and it's important to you and you're writing about it. But man, over the spread of years, you, you kind of change and morph into a totally different person. And you may not even feel that way anymore, but if that's your hit song, you better sell it because that's, that's the way you put food on the table or that's the way you pay for the mansion, depending on what your situation is. Right. Which is also a good problem. <laughs> to have. You know, just saying. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know I certainly don't want a mansion. At all. No, no, oh. I'm not too interested in that. I'm really, really, really not. Be because you got to clean that. Who wants to like? I don't. It's a pain in the butt cleaning my house now, and it's not that big, you know. Oh yeah, exactly. I I <laughs> got a 1,400 square foot house, and I'm like, this is a little sizable for us because I just have one room full of crap, like just full exactly. Of crap. Like we really could downsize uh, in this. This, you know, what the title of this episode should be: First World Problems. That's what the right. title of this episode should be. Grumbling old men discussing dad problems. Yeah. I yeah. Get I get it. Speaking of which, I got to go to Home Depot. So maybe we wrap uh, this up. That's fantastic. Yeah, let's wrap this up. So uh, let's see. How can I wrap this up? A thousand true fans. That's probably what I would strive for. If I was a musician today, I would want 1,000 people that want to hear from me that I can relate, relate back and forth with. We could talk, we can, they could buy my music. I can make things like music for them. Like that, that's what I would be looking for. That would probably be much that's also than a, a, a billion fake fans. article. That, that yes, is an it article is. That's, out there. I think it was in wired magazine, yeah. maybe like, Oh, quite a while. Um, ago. I think so. I uh, written by, I think the person was Kevin Kelly. So yeah, and the right. reason I brought that up is that that's, uh, that's part of the, the, uh, little blog here from Tim. He talks about that as well, but for those uh, interested in, in actually reading the article, you'll see that you'll see that. All right. All right. That's well, all I got for this week. Sounds good. Let's wrap it up. All right. We'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to the chasing tone podcast. As always, if you have any comments, questions, or concerns, you can email podcast at wamplerpedals.com. And that goes straight to me. If you like this podcast, make sure to share it with your friends, bandmates, and others into guitar podcasts. If you'd like to show your support for the show, really the simplest and free way to do that is just simply recommend the podcast to your friends and maybe leave a review somewhere for us. So, uh, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Mm -hmm.